Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the Talk It Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, the sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. I'm joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. The Talking Tide Twitter feed is talking underscore Tide. Give us a follow there on Twitter. You'll get links to all of our twice-weekly podcasts throughout the football season. Catch us as well live on YouTube, live on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, wherever you download them, you can find Talking Tide. Quickly want to thank a couple of sponsors, starting with Peter Brook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, and also Heat Pizza Bar. Going to tell you more about them a little bit later in the program. Uh, Iron Bowl preview here in the midweeker, Travis, right ahead of Thanksgiving. Want to wish all of our listeners and viewers a very happy Thanksgiving holiday tomorrow and a safe one if you're traveling on the Wednesday and or the Friday. And uh, always uh, the signal for rivalry week, Travis. Iron Bowl, Egg Bowl, all those rivalry bowls happening. Thursday, Friday, Saturday early, mid-afternoon, prime time. You know, I know a lot of people, they, 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 they're a little forlorn, Chase, because it's the end of the regular season, as crazy as that sounds. But at least we get games that matter from start to finish. This is that one weekend right. of the season where start to finish, the games mean a lot to a lot of people. No doubt, no doubt. Going to be a lot of eyeballs on a lot of games. Ohio State, Michigan, obviously a big one. Um, Alabama, Auburn, top to bottom. It's it's uh, it's going to be something. All right, uh, the Alabama Auburn game. Taking a look at that, of course, it'll be a CBS broadcast on Saturday from Jordan Hare Stadium. Uh, start Travis with. Well, let's start with the injuries because that's that's the news of the day. Sounds like Deontay Lawson and Jalen Key are going to be good to go for Alabama. Nick Saban didn't confirm that. He did say they practiced quite a bit all week long. So based on that, you'd expect those two guys to be good to go for the Iron Bowl and, and Lawson especially a key return for the Crimson Tide. Definitely because, you know, first and foremost in this game, as we'll get into, I'm sure, Jarquez Hunter – the run game for Auburn, if Auburn can't run it on Saturday, Auburn does not have a chance because Peyton Thorne is not going to stand in there 30-plus dropbacks and survive that pass rush first and foremost, but also just doesn't have the weaponry at the outside positions as much as he needs. So uh, it's big to get Deontay back perhaps, but it's also been good that you've been able to get Jihad Campbell the experience that you had to this point. If Deontay can't go or is limited in some way Saturday, I think Alabama feels pretty good about Jihad becoming more of that every down guy. Trez Marshall, maybe more on earlier downs and in the nickel. Uh, but when they get into some dime stuff, when they do that on Saturday, if Deontay, again, is either out or limited, probably feel okay about Jihad too. No doubt about it. And Auburn's passing game to that end, Travis, it struggled for sure. 
the outside receivers especially have been bad. Hugh Free, you you touched on it. Might be the I don't know if there's a worse group of receivers in the SEC, frankly. I mean, uh you can go anywhere. Vanderbilt's got Will Shepard. He'd be a WR one for this Auburn offense. Uh I don't think there's any question. Those guys have struggled. Hugh Freeze went in the transfer portal to get some receivers, struck out. I think he was 0 for 3 in the portal on receivers. But they do have a tight end in Faircloth who they can get the ball to in the middle of the field. He's actually, I think, their number one target in the passing game. And so, uh, from that standpoint, probably all the more beneficial for Alabama to get a, a guy like Lawson back who's got some experience and can play that pass in the middle of the field. Yeah, and they they use uh they use their tight end uh in a in a different way too though. I mean, they flex them out almost like a, a Sammy Coates type from back in the day. So right. um he does rank, I think, thirty-fourth in the SEC in receiving. I mean, that's how anemic this Auburn passing game has been. You don't have an Auburn receiver uh in the top thirty in the SEC, not nationally. In the SEC, you have to get down into the mid-30s before you find one of those guys. Now, Javarius Johnson uh, on the outside, he's had a pretty good run here over the last four games or so. So when you talk about explosive play potential, that's who I would start with. Uh, But need a similar output, I think Auburn does. When you talk about the run game, uh, when you talk about Hunter, I think I won't be surprised if we see some of Robbie Ashford in this game. I know in the last three games it hasn't been much of him at the quarterback position, but uh, I'm kind of expecting the, the kitchen sink in a lot of ways to come at Alabama on Saturday. Sure. So, and Ashford had over 100 rushing yards against Alabama last year to go along with Hunter. You know, those two guys combined for like 250 rushing yards in Tuscaloosa. So, whatever it takes if you're Auburn this week. Yeah, you know what? When head coaches come in and take over a program in year one, of course they look at the film from the previous year because they want to evaluate what their needs are. But after that, they they pretty much throw that film out the window once once that's done. I don't think it would be wise for Hugh Freeze to do that in this game. I think Hugh Freeze would be smart to go back and look at last year's game because Hunter and Ashford together create bigger problems in the running game, obviously, than – than Hunter does alone. So I'm with you. I think they'd be smart to play Ashford quite a bit. Um, The formula, even though Alabama beat Auburn fairly handily at home last year, keep in mind, Auburn rang up, I think, 300-plus rushing yards on the Crimson Tide. So, yeah, I think Hugh Freeze would be smart to play Ashford, but his role is definitely dissipated. They had packages for Ashford in September, some short yardage stuff, some goal line stuff, et cetera. Um, slowly but sure. And I think against Cal, if I remember right, that was also a September game. They threw Ashford in there just to see if they could get a spark. Um, but since then, his role has kind of vanished. Yeah, it has. And, um, yeah, last season, the outside zone, the perimeter runs were really problematic for Alabama in that Iron Bowl. So, And you even saw it last week. I mean, Geno Appleberry of Chattanooga hit a couple of those kind of runs including the touchdown run that he had against Alabama. So I, I, I would expect, and I'm sure Alabama does too, uh, more perimeter-based runs, especially early in the game, um, to Hunter. And, and he's very dynamic, very fast. Uh, see if you can hit on some of those and uh, maybe incorporate some quarterback keep stuff as well. 
You would think from a defensive perspective for Alabama that they would be in better shape against that run for this reason, Travis. You've got, as we just touched on, you've got outside receivers for Auburn that that frankly don't scare you for the most part. You got two of the very best cover corners, man-to-man guys on the outside in McKinstry and Arnold that you could ask for. So if you can count on lockdowns from Kool-Aid and Arnold, it's going to allow Nick Saban and Kevin Steele to put together some things where there's more safety help involved in that run game. Yeah, and even in the pass rush, you know, in some obvious passing situations, which I don't anticipate Alabama being blitz happy uh, in this game. But I think because of some of the things you just outlined, uh, because you have Kool-Aid and Terry and Arnold and you feel like you can lock up those Auburn receivers, uh, you can get numbers involved on a couple of different fronts. All right, let's flip it around and talk Alabama offense versus the Auburn defense. The Crimson Tide, Travis, been hitting a stride for sure offensively. Tommy Reese nominated by Nick Saban for the Broyles Award. I think he's a semifinalist or a finalist for that. Uh, never would have saw that coming in September. I promise you that. Uh, but this offense has, has come around in a lot of ways. And, you know, Auburn defensively, as usual, even, even when Auburn teams aren't real good, They've always got some horses on defense. This year, no different. Uh, Jalen McLeod, a pass rusher who was hurt early in the year, but he's finally healthy and he's coming on. Had three sacks against Arkansas a couple weeks ago. Uh, DJ James, a future NFL player at a cornerback position. So they've got some. They've got some dogs over there. Yeah, I think in the secondary, you went into the season feeling like that was the starting point for this Auburn defense, and uh, I, I think that's still the case now. You know, I thought the balance that New Mexico State was able to achieve last week was stunning, and I understand it's a it's a solid New Mexico State team at this point, nine wins. But watching that game back, there was nothing flukish about what New Mexico State did to the Auburn defense. Uh, had success in the red zone, had success on third down, um, and really got after Alabama. Uh, after Auburn at the point of attack. So understanding every week's different, every team's motivation is going to be different on a weekly basis. Uh, I anticipate Auburn uh, from a mindset perspective being a lot more competitive this week than it was really, especially during the early stage of that New Mexico State uh, game. But again, Alabama between Milrose legs, between the depth at running back, between an ascending run game where the offensive line and tight ends is concerned. It's got to be hard to watch that tape from last week and not think, hey, a lot of the same things we like to do, New Mexico State did. And that only helps you from a confidence standpoint. That's for sure. The Alabama running game has been better of late. The offensive line um, getting more push for sure especially with the zone runs. I, I think Alabama's run game is is uh, is going to be effective in this one. The Vegas man, Travis, Alabama by 14 and a half, the over-under sitting at 49. Uh, thoughts from you on, on, on those two figures? Well, I'm thinking about the score I have in mind. I would like – I would I would be leaning over that, I mm-hmm. guess – and I would be going Alabama to cover that, I guess, is, is what I'm thinking right now, in part because of what we've seen Alabama do on the road of late. And I think the start to this game is going to be everything, especially from the Auburn perspective. Alabama can get off to a slow start and still win this game. 
I don't think Auburn can. If Alabama right. gets out 7, 10, 14 to nothing like it did in Starkville, like it did in Lexington, I don't think there's any coming back from that. I think if that happens, it could get downright ugly from that point forward. So uh, I like Alabama to cover. Again, I don't tell anyone how to spend their money in any form or fashion. <laughs> so don't come back to me, you know, if Alabama <laughs> doesn't cover looking for a refund. You know, right. I, don't, I don't take receipts or anything <laughs> like that. You know, there's no 30 day guarantee. None of that stuff. Good bread. No, no, there are Where no are you guarantees. On this? Where are you thinking on the over or the total? I picked it. I picked it 35, 17 Alabama. So that's Alabama. By, that's so that's a I'm cover. At. That's yeah. a cover for Alabama uh, on the spread over under. Uh, I guess I'd probably, that's yeah, over. I got to lean over, you know, based on how I uh, predicted it. So 49 is a little low, no question about it. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's uh, like you said, the start is cr- is critical because even subpar Auburn teams, they get off to an early touchdown at home at Jordan Hare, especially in the Iron Bowl where the crowd's going to be double juiced. Uh, it, it things can get we've seen it happen. Things can get hairy. Alabama's gone down there before with a significantly more talented roster and found itself in a dogfight. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I'm with you. I think they're just I think this Auburn offense is just too anemic uh to uh to stay in this one. But Jordan Hare's Jordan Hare. Yeah, and you know, there was a time where what Hugh Freeze was doing offensively was pretty innovative, right? If you go back a decade ago. Now you watch Auburn's offense and you see Alabama with a lot of the same elements in its offense between split zone and zone read and, you know, those kind of things. So, you know, I think Hugh's going to have to, you know, step out on a limb maybe early in the game, fake punt, onside kick, something that's different. Two quarterbacks in the game together. I'm not saying go full Gus Malzahn, but whatever you thought of Malzahn, he was a tough prep for Alabama Mm -hmm. because you just never knew. And what they did with Gus was different in a lot of ways than what you saw on a week-to-week basis. And there was tempo and there was those type of things involved. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what what Hugh Freeze does in terms of uh, the early stages of the game, for sure, flea flick or something. Because after that performance last week, Again, if Alabama gets up seven nothing, ten nothing early in this game, that crowd I think is going to go away pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think the start for Alabama is huge, and and you know the first half. It's been a second half team that that obviously wasn't the the case against Kentucky. Um, so a little bit of a turnaround early for Alabama in that one. You definitely want to keep that early momentum going. Obviously. You know, they, they got out on UTC early. You would expect that. Um, but the way they got out on Kentucky on the road also, um, that's the kind of – it doesn't have to be 21 nothing halfway through the first quarter like Kentucky was. But just that – just popping that first touchdown in there is huge. Yeah, and, you know, look, Auburn had the three-game winning streak. Uh, and even if Auburn had beaten New Mexico State last week, I would have still been like, well – Kind of like LSU's defensive improvement before the Alabama game, how it came against Army and Auburn's offenses. Right. 90th in the nation, Auburn is right in that neighborhood right now. I think Army's like 118. 
So I was like, eh, I'm not sure I'm buying this defensive improvement. And I kind of felt that way about Auburn as a whole because Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, um, Arkansas, you're talking about three teams with combined SEC record right now at 2-19. and 19. Mm. So um, I, I was going to need to see more in the Iron Bowl to, to really buy into this improvement late in the season. Speaking of that disastrous loss for Auburn last week against New Mexico State, if you want to see a funny clip from it, hop over to Travis's Twitter feed from, <laughs> from earlier today. What about man, that? <laughs> that's my new favorite player in college football. You know I'm not a jersey guy, but if I was ever going to wear a, a jersey, it would be Diego Pavia, the quarterback, who was a three-time state champion wrestler in uh in high school and he showed it in that clip didn't he through the pick goes over and just dumps the auburn defensive back doesn't just dump him chase dumps him on the auburn sideline which incites a near riot but you know and if you're hugh freeze at that point in the game you're like this guy just did us a favor because we're sleepwalking through this thing maybe that gets us ignited right no, right didn't, didn't happen diego dumped the Tiger over on the Auburn sideline and then proceeded to complete 19 of 28 passes for 201 yards and three touchdowns for Diego in that game last Saturday at Jordan Hare. And, and, and here's your 1.8 mil for the effort. On and, your way and by out the way, the he also, he also ran eight times for 35 yards. Yeah. And we'll take the check too. You know, but no proration. They don't prorate those checks, good bread. If you no. if you lose those games, you ever notice that? No, no, no. It's still the full amount. It's like Bunker Bob's on the movie <laughs> Blues Brothers. No, 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 no. We'll take the full check. Bob, we thought uh, you know the first we round they never the, charged us. We thought the win was on the house. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. Moving on really quick. Going to thank a couple of sponsors real quick. Going to start by telling you about Heat Pizza Bar, 2256th Street in Government Square Plaza, the best pizza in town. It's right there. They've got the standard. They've got the Thai chicken pizza. They got a great margarita pizza over there if you're not in the mood for uh, the proteins, but uh, you just cannot beat it. Super salads, some great sides. They've got a caprese salad that's really good, fresh mozzarella on that. And, of course, the jalapeno poppers cannot be beat. It's Heat Pizza Bar. Frank Fleming and his staff will take care of you. They've got a full bar. They've got flat-screen TVs all over the place with all the big games on. So if you want some great pizza and a great atmosphere to have it, head on over to Heat Pizza Bar, 2256th Street in downtown Government Square. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa right there in the Indian Hills section of T-Town, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. 16-plus years and going for Peterbrook Chocolatier in Tuscaloosa. So many great treats await you right now. You got that chocolate-covered popcorn, which is the signature item, of course, of Peterbrook. But those chocolate footballs are always a hit this time of year. They can do basketballs, too, by the way. If you want a chocolate basketball, you can order those. They can take care of that for you. And, of course, you got the holiday season. We're fully into it at this point, Chase. We talked about it recently, and I've already gotten into it, that peppermint chocolate, that peppermint bark, uh, white chocolate with peppermint and some dark chocolate as a base layer there. Oh, 
good, good stuff this time of year. You're going to find it at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Speaking of basketball, Travis, Alabama taking on Ohio State on Friday in uh, Destin, Florida. Uh, that's uh, that's their first big boy game of the non-conference season, certainly. They're off to a hot start with all these new faces. It's another total uh, facelift, really, for this team and, and this roster, Nate Oates. Uh, for the second year in a row, was only bringing back three or four from the year before. Uh, but so far, so good with this group. It has been, and you're right. This will be a step up for sure. It's an Ohio State team coming in with one loss on its resume to this point. And that came to a really good SEC team in Texas A&M. So, um, you know, this, this will be a challenge for Alabama down in the Destin area. And then you get the – perhaps the winner or the loser, I guess, of Santa Clara and, um, you know, the, the other game on the, on the other side there, Oregon. So it, it's an, it's an, it's an important trip to kind of figure out where you're at as a team. Also be interesting to see maybe more from a rotational perspective where Nate views this team. You know, he's been able to play everybody pretty much double digit minutes through those first three games or so. I think that changes probably a little bit this weekend. But, you know, the Maui Classic was great, too, the last few days because you got to see Tennessee. You got to see Purdue, who's coming up on Alabama's schedule, and uh, just kind of speaks to what awaits this team down the road. Yeah, Oates has been – even though the team's been scoring a ton of points, they were over 100, I think, their first couple games. Oates has been preaching defense in the press conferences. It sounds like he's looking – uh, to squeeze guys out on defense in terms of who's going to get minutes and who's not. And he even said what he's going to be looking for uh, this weekend from Alabama is, is starts and ends really with defense. Yeah, and just toughness in general because there's still intangibles as a coach, I'm sure he doesn't know uh, enough about at this point. Yeah, they had the the secret scrimmage against TCU and – the exhibition game against Wake Forest. So they have seen some legitimate competition and he sees his team every day in practice, but yeah, to get a better idea of not just the tangible aspects of his roster, but you know, maybe some guys that, that have a little bit more stuff in their neck, so to speak, when the stakes go up and the adversity hits and those type of things, it's a, it's a learning process for Nate too. Sugar Honey Iced Tea. I'd never heard that uh, acronym before. You said stuff in their neck, and the other day somebody was telling somebody said Sugar Honey Iced Tea. I was like, "What does that mean?" Oh, I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, that, that one goes back a ways. That one, the stuff in their neck. He's got some stuff in his neck. All right, uh, moving on around the SEC. Look at a couple of these rival games. Don't have time to hit on all of them. Uh, but we've got to start with the Egg Bowl, the Egg Bowl near and dear to my heart. Love that it's on Thanksgiving Thursday. I never miss it. I love the intensity. I love the personal fouls, Travis. I'm just going to come clean. I love it all uh, with that Egg Bowl. The animosity, uh, you can't beat it. Not only a huge game in terms of stakes, uh, but definitely always a fun one to watch. Mississippi State is a 10 or 11-point underdog at home to the Rebels. Uh, which is a, a big number for a home team in this series, but it reflects the year that Ole Miss and Mississippi State have had. It, it, it hadn't been close this year between those two. It hasn't. And, you know, really this slate involving SEC teams on rivalry weekend, is some home dogs across the board, you know, as you look down this this list. But, 
yeah, I think with Will Rogers, uh, I guess back in the mix, that helps a good bit. I would think Mississippi State playing at home, trying to get bowl eligible too. Although you wonder at this point with everything that team's been through, how much of that roster really, really wants to play in a bowl game, wants more of this. Right. You know, fans and media and, you know, we all talk about bowl eligibility. I think sometimes even coaches probably are like, no, we're, well, we, we'll, we'll, we'll say no thanks to the extra practices and everything else to go play in Shreveport or wherever we might get sent. It's one thing when you're trying to squeeze out six wins to get to a bowl game and you know the coach is coming back, right? Yeah. Because it, it's a better chance to see younger guys, implementation, development, those kinds of things. The practices mean more. But when it's an interim coach and whoever's going to be coaching that team next fall might not even be anywhere near Starkville right now, it's a little harder to to, to sell the – benefit of a, of a bowl game. Well, and we were on hand for one of those 2006, 2007, Joe Kynes coaching Alabama as an interim in Shreveport. The next year, Alabama goes back to Shreveport in year one under Nick Saban. And there are some people who feel strongly that getting that win in year one to cap that season over Colorado was a springboard of sorts into that 2008 season and what really followed for Alabama. Got to stop that trap. Right, got to stop that trap. Yeah, <laughs> love Joe Kynes, man. Love him I for sure. Him. Florida State at Florida, battle of the backup QBs in this one, Travis. This is a rivalry you and I know quite well from our uh, younger days as uh, Florida natives, six Seminoles coming in undefeated. They're on the road going to the swamp. Florida uh, has had a rough year for sure with Billy Napier. Now Graham Mertz is out. Jordan Travis for FSU is out. So. Um, my, uh, my pick in the paper this week for a spread winner, I said, Hey, two backup quarterbacks, probably two stripped down play sheets because of two backup quarterbacks. Give me that under 51 and a half. I think it's already down to about 50. It's fallen since I recommended it, but, uh, yeah, I'm not making any guarantees either. So, uh, uh you can all keep your, your receipts on, on that. But my, my recommendation this week is, is the under there. There you go. Yeah, it's sensible, right, um, with with what the two teams are going to have at the quarterback position. I worry about Florida regardless of the quarterback on the other team these days because defensively they are at a point where it's just not good. I mean, even on, even on that fourth and 17 last Saturday night against Missouri, I, I know a lot of Florida fans who were like, yeah, this is about to get converted. It was so similar in a lot of ways to Alabama 2003. You know, the Tennessee game. Right. What was that? That was similar, third and 19, fourth and 19, something yep. like that. You're just sitting there at that point in the season going, this will probably get hit. <laughs> and um, that's what happened. But it's sensible to think this is more of a grinder than than a scoring fest for sure. Clemson at South Carolina. This will be the last one we touch on. South Carolina has had another solid – he put together another decent November, uh, not as good as last November when he beat uh, Beamer, I mean, beat uh, Tennessee and Clemson back-to-back when they were both ranked in the top ten. Nevertheless, uh, South Carolina's played a little bit better this month. Uh, you're and, and Clemson's down. This is the worst year Clemson's had for Dabo Sweeney in a while. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, he's uh, Shane November-Beamer. I call him now because yeah. November's his month, man. This is where we see Shane at his best. Um, yeah, you know, I, I actually feel kind of bad for Spencer Rattler because I think he's been really good the last couple of years. 
you think about the finish to last season, those wins over Tennessee and uh, Clemson, hey, might make this two in a row over Dabo. Um, that's quite an accomplishment for any South Carolina coach these days. So uh, bowl eligibility also in, in the mix for, for South Carolina. That being said, I still like Clemson. I just think in terms of lines of scrimmage, it's going to be tough for South Carolina with an emphasis on South Carolina's offensive line against Clemson's defensive front. Yeah, I went back to look see how long it had been since South Carolina had beaten Clemson two in a row. I figured it had been a long time. It has been 10 years. You pretty much go back to that Spurrier area. Spurrier used to beat them and let them know about it. He drove Dabo crazy. Yes, he did. Dabo yep. was kind of Spurrier's um, Phil Fulmer there, or Ray Goff. You know, right. remember what Spurrier used to do to Ray? I mean, Ray Goff's one. I'd love to meet him in a dark alley. That's <laughs> he yeah. got Goff. Oof, he, wore he Goff did. Out. He did. All right. That one will be fun to watch as well. That is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. Once again, happy Thanksgiving to all of our fine listeners and viewers. Be sure to join Travis and I once again this weekend when we recap the Iron Bowl. And of course, uh, beyond that, we're looking at the SEC championship game against Georgia uh, over in Atlanta. So a lot to come here on Talking Tide, but that's a wrap for this one. For Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread, the sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, and we'll talk to you Sunday night right here on Talking Tide.